Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Ike MMA podcast or the Ike MMA show, whichever one you prefer. And I'm rejoined back in the studio with an old friend, in fact, one of uh, my first, first guests when I was co-hosting with David, this was about more than a year ago now, Dray Miley. Dray, how are you feeling? In fact, I know how you're feeling because you're feeling <laughs> ecstatic, like Christmas came early for you um, last year. And you're now going to be fighting in one of the biggest names on in, on the planet. Yeah, really stoked about it. Still on cloud nine from it all, so it's it's it's, it's crazy. I said when I saw the post, I was like, okay, this is he spoke about this before, and it's happening. I, I've got to I've got to try and get him to speak to you because I know that um, at some point, <laughs> and it may happen sooner rather than later. Um, you know. At some point, I'm going to be having to speak to your agent or manager to then speak to you. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, that's what happens when you when you're successful, you know, because you have so many people chasing after you for your time and for your talent. That unfortunately, you've got to give that sort of responsibility responsibility to someone else to handle for you, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. But look, um. Uh, how how you feeling? Um, good Christmas. Um, good new um, good new year. And how's the family? Everybody's good. Everybody had a good Christmas. Uh, got to see my mom for Christmas. Went down to Houston to see her, and the kids had a good Christmas. They got to hang out with their family and see all their loved ones. And for me, it's just been a busy. It's mm. been busy. There's <laughs> no there's no rest right now. So no, I can imagine. still working out and training and teaching and everything so i mean um well look um i'll take it back to uh when i saw the post as in how how did you feel when you um uh, was signed when you was when it was first made official and you know that it was signed wet ink as in how was that feeling when you when you first found out i was shocked like i was speechless um i think the best way to explain it is if you saw a ghost. That's exactly how it was. I was like, oh, God, I can't put in the words how I felt. I was happy. I was excited. I was nervous, you know, but, you know, it was part of it. You never think that something that you talked about for a long time actually happens, and it does happen. You never keep wishing and keep pushing, and you're like, man, it might happen. It might happen. But then when it does happen, you're like, oh, oh, it really did happen. So. <laughs> Just one of those things. Look, um, I, because I, uh, I listened to the interview you had with my former co-host David Farrell. He um kind of said that when you um got when it did, like you said, when it did happen, it was like your coach was kind of like your phone was exploding all over the place, and um your coach said, "Call me back, call me, call me back the moment you get this message, call me back." And I think as he was just talking to you and uh, outlining what happened you were kind of was it you were walking out of your gym or so yeah i was just uh i was just waking up from a nap like i had oh. just got done work out so we came home and rested you know, we ate we rested and then next thing i know i wake up i got missed messages and phone calls and i was like oh something happened so you know when they told me to call i was like okay something weird's going on so and that's how it happened they told me what the deal was and we just went straight ahead from there. Yeah. Uh, awesome. But as it looking at you, just speaking to you now, you wouldn't um you wouldn't know that anything um this um uh, monumental 
has happened for at least in, in your own case in the life of a mixed martial arts um, athlete uh, to be fighting mm -hmm. one of the biggest names uh, on the combat sporting scene you would know that um something such so monumental has happened because this is like a massive massive opportunity to get your name out there mm -hmm. yeah i try to not think about it as like a big big thing because you know my coach put it the best way possible is like you've not been training to get to this fight you've been training for you've been training for the opportunity like all those fights have got you ready for the fight you don't have to train to get ready for a belt or you're already there just now you just gotta put it all together you just gotta go out there and just do what you do so i've not been trying to train to get to to you know for this fight or for whatever fight belt or the chance to be like hey i belong there too i should be there type thing so has anything changed as in um you know this sort of um thing when people achieve like a certain level of success and whatever they're doing as in you know they start making let me say they start making a reshuffle of their team in whatever it may be as in are, are you going to change coaches are you going to change gyms are you going to change corner your corner or anything or is that all going to remain the same oh no i'm not changing nobody everybody help me get there i'm not gonna you know say deuces and body like no i'm staying where i'm at I don't see a purpose in changing gyms. I don't see a purpose in changing coaches because I spent my whole, just about my whole life with these guys. I spent 13 years with the team that I'm with. And there's no way that I'm going to go listen to somebody else, you know, that doesn't know me. The only cares if I'm bringing in my paycheck. These guys are just here. They're my family. You know, they watch my kids grow up. I've helped them with their kids and so on and so forth. So, no, I'm not jumping ship. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys. Yeah, it's good. No, it's it's uh good to see, good to hear that you're one of those. Well, I've kind of known you for been acquainted with you for some time. You look like a sort of person that you know loyalty does mean a lot to you. It's more than just uh about money or words, whatever it does. You know, for something as serious as this, you want people in in your corner who really do want the best for you. Uh huh. Exactly. Exactly. I do remember, I think, is it the first or second time that I spoke to you um, on the podcast? Uh, the question did arise about, in future, um, where do you see yourself in the next five, six, maybe ten years? And which of the big promoters do you see yourself fighting in? Now, I think that, that time is now landed, it's now here. Um, since you're fighting in, um, I'm sorry, no. When you did when you did answer that question, you said um you said better so you did say it was better so you said that you'd rather um compete and rather than the UFC was it not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, still there are still a very big um prominent promoter in the, on the combat sporting scene. Um, is there any extra pressure you feel now that there's going to be more work you have to do in terms of marketability? That is there's work you have to do in the cage to fight and to take the fans to win fights, of course. But, you know, likewise in the UFC, um, you do hear, I have heard of the, the big story that stuck with me at the back of my mind. There was a case of Kobe Covington and there it was said to uh, to him directly by UFC officials that doesn't matter if you win or lose this fight, if, you, you know, after this fight, regardless of the outcome, we are going to be cutting you unless if you change your whole demeanor and so on. Do you feel that extra pressure that now you've got to, like market your yourself in a particular way to get fans to watch your fight to fight 
So what's your thoughts? Oh, what's wrong with me? <laughs> no, I don't feel no extra pressure. I've done. I've never at all the sixteen fights. I've never been in a boring fight. So my fights are always exciting. They always have you on the edge of your seat. I don't have to do anything, and plus the whole I thing kind of works in my favor of being marketed. It's like you know, it's one of those things like, oh, there's a guy who has one eye. Let's see what's about to happen. Let's see if he's as good as he is. Or people are like, man, he can't possibly do it. It's always going to be a selling point. So. I don't have to market myself. I just keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I've been doing it for a while. It just seems natural. So, you know, I, and I can make it entertaining by, you know, doing the silliness because it's not something that I have to force to do. It's just something that I can do. It. Um, my last couple of fights, I've been talking to my opponents in the middle of the fight. So it's not one of those things that like I have to force it. You know, I'm talking to my teammates and stuff during sparring. So, if I can do that and I'm talking to my opponent during a the fight, there's no such thing as, oh, Dre's boring. It's like, no, Dre's pretty entertaining. Mm -hmm. So if I'm talking to you and, you know, I'm talking to everybody else, well, there's no there's no way you can say I, I'm not boring fighter. I think that's one of the good things about Bellator as well. They do, they really do, although I understand there's the, the markability aspects because you want as many people as possible to watch your fight, know who you are and appreciate your talent and how you can entertain oh. the crowd. But they do, of course, um, they do look after their fighters in certain terms. I mean, with the UFC, you've got the whole issue now, not just the long-standing argument about fighters' pay, but also now we've got the betting scandals come to light with James Krause. And I'm sure this will be one of those cases whereby it will be like a domino effect after James Krause oh, and wow. other people coming, <laughs> servicing to the top. That's what happens when you let money rule your company. That's exactly what happens. You got fighters that are paid, they're saying that they're getting paid peanuts, and they are, but at the same time, they're not doing things to get more money to them. But so you add that gambling thing to it, it's just adding gasoline to that fire. You just keep stoking that fire. And, you know, the UFC's looking for the next star, and all they know is that Conor McGregor bug has bit them, and they're like constantly looking for somebody to pull views to be like, Oh, look at this person or this and that. And then when that person loses their, you know, their shine, they got to find somebody else. And then they got to keep finding somebody else, keep finding somebody else. And it's not even about being good anymore. It's about just being, you know, is your style going to make people sit there and watch? That's all it is. And people don't understand that about Bellator is that Bellator is a fighter promotion. Scott Coker doesn't care if you sell. He wants to see if you are the best. You know, he really wants you to be like, I'm a good fighter. I can sell myself, but at the same time, I'm a fighter at the end of the day. The UFC is more so, can you sell? Yes, you're a good fighter. Yes, we have, quote unquote, the best fighters, which I think that's up for debate. But the UFC is more so like, hey, how much money can you put in my pockets? Or how much money can I draw from you as much as I can without, you know, doing too much? It's, it's a silly. So Bellator is the promotion, for my opinion. Bellator is the promotion for fighters. And the UFC is a promotion for businessmen. It's a it's a clout chaser. It's it's that type of thing. It's for casuals. It's it's for the casuals. It's not for the hardcore fans that know what's going on. It's for the guys who go to Buffalo Wild Wings or go to Hooters or any kind of sports bar just to watch, see people beat the crap out of each other with no clue what's going on. You said that in uh, you said that earlier that um, and 
you're right. Um, you're absolutely right. What you what you said. There are people in the UFC, and not not just the UFC, but even in Bellator, that really shouldn't shouldn't be there. And it's understandable because although they may bring the crowds and the eyes to to watch the sport, the sports itself, which are there to do, which they're there to to compete in, they're not really that good in there. So I mean, okay, um, he he hasn't fought in a long, long while, and I think his bout with KSI has just been cancelled, which was a boxing bout. Dylan Dennis and I just wonder how he manages to stay so relevant I checked his record he's only fought twice how does that guy manage to stay so relevant even Scott Coker said look whatever fighting is doing why can't he do that fighting inside the cage why because he because what he does is the same thing that Andrew Tate does he talks and he says things that makes people upset he says things that gets people riled up People be like, we have to get after him. We have to talk about him. We have to make him relevant. Because you could just say silly stuff. I mean, Conor McGregor is a prime example. Conor McGregor would just be drunk or be high or whatever he's doing and just say random stuff on Twitter. But he knows that people will automatically retweet it. That's just how you stay relevant. Just say something that makes people be like, I don't think that's right. Or I don't agree with that. Or you're an idiot. That's all people want to do because people are living vicariously through that person. They're always looking for that person to be say something so I can say something back. It's all, this is a whole society, the whole culture of clapping back at people and hoping people fail is, is sick of them. But hey, it works for people. I, I agree with that. And to be honest, Conor McGregor, I think many people are now saying they now agree that he is now on the decline. He's made all his money. He has built up that fight record, done what he used to do. He's made so much money that he's never going to be able to spend it all. What else is there uh-huh. for him to do? I mean, he might as well retire. And um, the film he's talking about in Hollywood is going to do. You know, we've not seen anything coming out of come out of it yet. Uh, but in terms of what you said, on the flip side, and this is a conversation I had recently with another um, person who's affiliated closely with mixed martial arts. Uh, you know, Mister McDojo Life, Rob. Uh-huh. Yeah. He did say that um, regardless of the sport you're doing, you must be able to know how to market yourself well so that at the end of your career, you still have, you're still able to look after yourself financially. Now, in in terms of what, what he said there, do you, would you agree with all the, like, for instance, would you agree with the trash talking and stuff that Conor McGregor does and stuff that Dylan Dennis does, you know? I believe in it if it's going to help you. But in, and if it's or it's organic, which means that it's actually coming from you as a person. Mm-hmm. It's not coming from you as like a you know a fake persona. It's not like Kobe Covington is probably one of the fakest personas there is, and he tell you that because that's what it is what it is. It's a fake persona, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, it's like I get why you're doing that. I agree. You have to sell yourself because. Football players are selling themselves now. Basketball players are selling themselves. Everybody's selling themselves. There's never a time in any kind of sport where you're not selling yourself. You're always you're always selling. You see that you're selling or you're buying, and that's the way the world goes. Is the way it's always been. It just sucks that it, that's how it goes nowadays. This this is how it, it's, it's the nature of the beast, so to speak. So that's. I I like it. I like trash talking. Again, if it's only if it's beneficial, but it's also not forced. 
Like, don't force it. If you can't trash talk, don't don't force it to happen. So, speaking of trash talking, you say you you, you like trash talking. Oh yeah, I love it because I grew up doing it. You know, all my cousins and <laughs> my family members like we all do it to each other. It's just one of those normal things you grow up in. You grew up in a competitive household. You know, that's just how it goes. Mm. You're always looking for it, and that's what you need. You need that extra drive to be like, all right, I gotta get after you now. So, yeah, I'm always I'm always competitive. I look forward to seeing that when it uh when you start start competing in Bellator, but. Speaking of competing in Bellator, you should have fought in December uh, against, is it Lucas Brennan? Brennan, yeah. Brennan, excuse me. What happened to that fight? I I don't really know for sure. I just think uh, some paperwork got mixed up or, I don't know, there's something on the commission's part. So Uh, that's what I would say. No, I would have... I would have been eager and really um, look forward to him watching that fight. So when I saw it, I was like, okay, well, that's uh, that was a big shame. <laughs> I've been keen yeah. to see it. Um, I think a lot of people was ready to see it because it was two grapplers going at it. And mm-hmm. It was one of those things where my style would, would actually complement his style and we would see who is the better grappler. So I, you'll never know. Never know now unless he drops down to 35, which I don't see him doing that at all because he's a big old boy. So we shall see. Speaking of weight class, in Bellator um, itself, I mean, um, currently at the moment, around which weight, as in where are you weighing at, at the moment? Right now, I could make 35 pretty easy. So I would like to be in 35 division because most of those guys are my size and some of them I'm a little bit bigger than, so I would like to fight at least at least two of them and get it over with. So I'll always stay at 35. So I could never get higher than that. I would never. I would do it, but it would have to be the risk would have to outweigh it. So so the reward have to outweigh the risk. If you if you are offered a fight with someone who is in a weight division that's really really out there, let's say mm-hmm. a good. Well, you really got to make some drastic changes to your weight. It would have to be a serious cut or a serious bulk in terms of going up in weight. Mm. Would that yeah. would that change your mind? It's a big money fight. I mean, as long as it's within realm, I'm not going to fight a 55er because 55ers are cutting from 170, maybe 190. I'd go to 45. I'd do that or a catch weight at 40 or something like that. I'd even drop down to 30 if I could, but... I wouldn't try to hurt myself to do that. So right now, thirty-five seems to be where it's at. I like the I like the layout of laying at thirty-five. So I would more than happy stay at thirty-five. So your the first bout uh, wasn't um, uh, was cancelled. Do you have you heard any news about any other upcoming upcoming um, uh, Bellator events where? potentially you may be fasting that didn't any news of your next opponent uh no not really i've tried to poke in the bear so to speak against um recall cast bell i poked funny i poked at him i poked at bates jalen bates i poked at uh Horner lugo lugo's he said he wants to fight so he's he's on board he says yes 
and so does Cass Bell. So it's just who Bellator wants it. Who like if Cass Bell gets it first, and I'm debuting against Cass Bell, and then if you know Bates runs through, you know, or Lugo runs through Bates, then I get one of those two. So it's a, either way, it's a win-win for me. I get either of those guys, and I do believe that my skill set beats all three of them. Um, and even speaking of, I'm going over to Bellator. Your current contracts have you um thought it out? As an, is it is com- completely been exhausted? No, it's still there. They're still holding it, so I still have my two fight deal, and we're gonna go from there. Okay, all right, but I'm um, I'm assuming that the current your current promoter, um, unlike with the UFC, they're being flexible because I think there's a fight that you should have had in. December, but it didn't happen. But I'm assuming that they must have it must have been flexible for them to allow you to compete in Bellator anywhere at that time. Mm-hmm. So I could still fight locally if I wanted to. Okay. Um. So if I there is if there's a chance for me to fight locally and Bellator is like I don't know these two cards are full, so possibly April is next Bellator card I could get on. I could possibly take a fight between then. So. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty lenient about a lot of things. So, I just got to make sure that whenever I get that shot at Bellator, I just gotta just put it on the guy and okay. make them be like, okay, we have to sign this guy. Mm-hmm. So, make it a point. So, at Bellator, are there any particular fighters who you're a fan of already? Because um, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you would have been following their fights. Is there any? particular fighter who you're a fan of any fighter in fact that hopefully one day you will meet them in the cage in terms of a battle fight uh Hoffy on stocks comes to first mind I've actually met him when I was just beginning as my pro career uh it wasn't like nothing serious we I think he he was with an old teammate of mine one of my old teammates came down because he moved up to uh, Milwaukee where they were training at Rupert Sport and him and Mershard and uh, Stotts and a few of the other guys came down, and my but and my team, my old team at the time was like, "Hey, Dre, roll with the uh, Hopkins. Like, you guys just wrestle, because like me and the old teammate, we would always go tit for tat, and like I sometimes I get the better of them in wrestling. And I was rolling, and I was just wrestling with Stotts. That dude didn't let me have anything, and I didn't let him have anything to the best of my ability. But you know, he was a lot bigger than me at the time. I was fighting at twenty five. So I was a lot smaller then. So I would like – I always watch him. I always root for him. I'm a fan of his. Maybe in the future I could get to, you know, face him. But him, I'm a fan of him. Uh, I'm a fan of uh, Juan Archuleta. And let's see. Who else? Sergio Perez is another one. He's fun to watch. And that's pretty much it. Like, I really don't – against uh, Sabatello. Dane Sabatello, he's pretty good. His his style complements his trash talking. I do believe that that's a sincere thing from him. Mm-hmm. So, and I've messaged him back and forth. We talked and stuff like that. You know, wished him luck and so on and so forth. He's always responsive to things. So, they're good. It's good people. It's very good people. It's none of that like, I'm top dog. You leave me alone. I'm not going to pay attention to you. So, I'm. I am looking for, forward. Um, we're now we're in, in a new year. Um, when Bellator will be coming to the UK, and hopefully, I'm fingers crossed. I'm praying that you'll be on that card that I'll ha- be having here in London. 
I'd love to meet you face to face. And yeah, man, yeah. I would too. But it would be uh good to actually have a chat in the flesh. Um I did hear from I can't remember where it was from. Uh probably yeah, it was the interview with David. Um does it really happen in the US that they do ask ordinary folk to to participate in the fight, whether they have experience or not? And they'll probably ask them to take a dive to lose the fight or just just I don't know to um to fight and then I've got no experience so just so that fight so I can have a fight and so the event can still go ahead. Uh huh. They have done that. It is it's not common over where I'm at because everybody requires you to go through it, but like some states will let you do that. Some states just do. The one that uh, I told him about was the Zion Clark fight, and he fought a guy who was like zero and four, and you know they bent the rules to accommodate Zion, which is good. And I understand that. But at the same time, you've inhibited the other person from playing a game for him playing, you know, his type of game. So, you know, it, that's mixed matching. And then they do have tough man competition, stuff like that. It's for promotions that do that. That's just a stain on the, it's just a stain on the entire, entire sport to do that. For me, that there's a lot of things that's coming out of the sport of mixed martial arts, especially of course of the UFC. Got the um the um the judging that's been going on that people are not happy with. You've now got the scandal, and now mm-hmm. I'm also hearing the from you, so from the past interview that you did with David that um there are even cases whereby they do um just get an ordinary person off the street and they get them to um participate in the fight and they have no fighting experience at all and the, i think the point i'm trying to make is if they've got no fighting experience isn't there the potential they could seriously be hurt or even be killed if they take a, a strike or a shot to the head maybe well maybe yeah it's always a you know it's always a risk but the thing is that insurance covers a lot of things for those guys and you know, it's you sign the waiver. That's pretty much putting yourself in, you know, in someone else's hands. Like, yep, okay, I'm down for it. And you know, it's it is it's a it's a bad thing. But you don't see it so much over here on the Tennessee side. But there are some places where they do it. It is it's sad, but what can you do? What can you say? The you the see has made it to where it's all about money, and people are following that business model. Because they're trying to get to that level, so mm. you're seeing businesses do that. You're seeing yeah. people mix match because they're trying to build up their stars. They're trying to bring in money, and nothing brings up more money than highlight reeling somebody or you know stuff like that. It's just it's the nature of the beast, man. It's, this is how it goes nowadays. So, mm. no, it's uh, I gotta say it, it's crazy, really. But hey, it's uh, you still say that people do sign a, a written contract or agreement, whatever. So I, I guess um, if you're the person without the with the without the experience, then to some degree you must know what you're getting yourself into. Oh yeah, you gotta know what you're getting into if you're doing it. Mm. It's just pure negligence if you're not trying to focus on what's going on. Like oh, these guys have brought me in here. There should be no reason that a guy that has no idea what he's doing should be getting into a fight, whether it be amateur or pro. You should not be doing that. So you can seriously shorten your lifespan up. You can paralyze yourself. You can do a lot of things. People just need to learn to 
put their egos to the side and you know do what's right for their longevity so okay you you've, bef before you even um uh were signed up and picked up by by Bellator um already you've built up and built up a name for yourself um you've got the skill you you're a talented mixed martial artist um uh, now you've um a, a, you're now going to be fighting a big big promoter such as Bellator one thing I wanted to just playing in my mind is that we'll be be seeing you yourself now you've got like a bigger platform potentially let's say starting um a podcast hmm. I don't know about starting a podcast I don't know about that I'm not that equipped to do it and my time is limited um I mean I'll do like hear videos every now and again like motivational videos or something like that but I'm not gonna allow that to change who I am as a person I'm still gonna do the same old stuff that I've been doing still training, still coaching, still teaching, you know, stuff like that. I won't let that affect me at all. So, uh, and again, I'm strong on not letting that change. I'm not going to be somebody that I'm not. I'm not going to do that. So. Yeah. No, I, I like that. I like that a lot. But I mean, if if you did have your own podcast, because you seem like, you know, the, the number of times I've spoken with you, you come across someone who's very intelligent and very articulate. You speak, you speak well, very clearly. So I thought that on if you did have your own platform where you speak to other fighters and other people affiliated with combat sports, I mean, there's lots of things you could say, say, and uh, people hear hear your opinion on it. So I uh, that's why it was playing my mind. I got you. No, I would do like Instagram, like live okay. video yeah. stuff like that, fight breakdowns. But I would never just like do a whole platform and be like, all right, guys, let me talk. Let me look. No, I was like, I'll get my point, you know, across and I'll explain my point of view because sometimes my point of view is not the same to other people's. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. Before I let you go, Dre, and uh, this will not be the last time I speak to you, um, is there anyone you want to give a shout out to? Uh, just my entire gym at uh, Knoxville Martial Arts Academy. You know, all my teammates and all my coaches there. Uh, everybody, my wife, my kids, you know, beard and wrestling, guys I'm working with now, you know, they're high school kids, but they don't wrestle like high school kids. They're wrestling like grown people. So it's great to be a part of their journey and do that thing. So other than that, that's pretty much it. And Bellator for giving me that opportunity. Uh, I'm waiting for a contract to sign it and hopefully, you know, Lord willing, we get in there and do our job and Bellator adds another phantom weight to their ranks and the two-fight deal becomes a multi-fight deal and then you know, I become a mainstay. So that's the it's the end goal of it all, trying to become, you know, a household name, so to speak. Raymani, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And again, congratulations on the uh, being signed up by Bellator. I look forward to seeing a lot of your fights. I love them. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on. Guys, if you did enjoy that, please don't forget to hit the like button. Don't forget to subscribe. And you can also catch, um, if you can't watch on YouTube, you can also um, listen to the podcast on the audio platforms such as Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. And there are also a plethora of audio platforms out there as well. Dre, once again, thank you very, very, very much. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.